Zip up a jacket and forget you had a coat. Write up a paragraph on what you know because you know so much. You're so in touch. Welcome to Winning Slowly, taking the long view on technology, religion, ethics, and art. I'm Chris Kreitcho. And I'm Stephen Caradini. Today we're going to talk about hacks. Not life hacks, regular old hacks. But that's the problem. Regular old hacks is kind of a strange phenomenon. Hacks hasn't been in our vernacular for much more than 40-ish, maybe 50-ish years. But even in the last 20 years, the term hack has really come into particular usage. And now we're to the point where if your company gets hacked and you lose millions of bits of data, not very many people are worried or concerned in the long scheme of things, which is kind of odd, particularly if you're a company and you want to have good data management and privacy, there seems to be some expectation that you're just going to get hacked. Isn't that weird, Chris? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I say that because you strung me out a long time there. Oh, I, I, I was waiting for several places for you to jump in. I was wondering if that's what you were going for, but normally you go for a good, like, two minutes. <laughs> yeah, nope. Nope. Not today. I was waiting for you to... Nope. <laughs> no, it is, it is strange, and it's one of those funny things that it's become so normal that we have become inured to just how problematic it is that personal data is often getting sucked out into who knows where exposed as someone cracks a pa password database or gets access to credit card numbers or all sorts of things that we're constantly dealing with large amounts of not only personally identifiable information but also financially important information being out in the wild and yep. Yeah, it has become ordinary. It seems like you don't really make it more than a month or so at a time before you see large company X, large company Y has been hacked and they're scrambling to. And I mean, these are a lot of them are tech companies. You you sort of expect that when you're looking at non-tech companies that are trying to play catch up and maybe they haven't been able to hire the best developers or whatever else. and And they're just trying to catch up. In, what up target exactly but in the last couple of years we've seen companies like linkedin or in the case that prompted us to talk about it today internet darling startup and our personal choice of communication tool slack get hacked a bit and slack rolled out two-factor authentication and a few other things immediately afterwards they they handled it fairly well and we'll talk here in a minute about how companies respond to hacks for better or for worse and all too often for worse mm -hmm. but but these are startups in the tech world with competent skilled programmers by all accounts and they're still getting hacked and in some sense then the point you made starts to sound true we've just accepted it as an inevitability because it's not in in slack's case it wasn't even it seems because they did something wrong it's probably because someone else on the outside was able to use what we call phishing which is tricking someone in into giving their personal data to you usually via email or something like that and got access to account information and slack's taking steps to prevent that now and we've seen that with other companies but 
it's become normal. And and part of that is because security is hard. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because of the reasons that security is hard. Namely, it is hard to get people to behave in ways that are secure on computers. There's also an aspect of complexity in that things like Heartbleed and Bash were open for years, not because we knew about them, but because it was some sort of thing that we couldn't even imagine was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like we, we discovered it and said, whoa, this is a vulnerability that's just been in there. Um, and so some of those are quote unquote hacks because those two things in particular got labeled as hacks when they weren't really hacks. They were vulnerabilities. Right. They were openings for hacks. As openings it were. for hacks. Yeah. But it's unclear that anybody actually used them as hacks. And so there is the complexity issue. And then there's that sort of linguistic problem that I just mentioned that sometimes a vulnerability and a hack are completely different, but they all just kind of fall into this kind of trope of, oh, we got hacked. Well, did you? Did you actually lose millions of of data pieces, whether they be passwords or credit cards? Or did you just find out that someone said, we can bust you this way? Because those are very different, and the responses (laughs) are very different. But sometimes the media response and sometimes the personal individual response is not distinguishable from one to the other, which I think is a problem as well. It's true. One of the things I have seen is because of that and because the seriousness of the risk involved, there have been cases where someone said, look, your system is totally vulnerable and was brushed off or ignored and then escalated it and things went downhill rapidly. Or on the other hand, your system is totally vulnerable and everybody freaked out instead of just, you know, patching Patching the the vulnerabilities. vulnerabilities. (laughs) Yeah, and that's a difficult thing because if you're trying to be conscientious about the way that you deal with your own vulnerabilities, skipping over hacks for a minute, if you're just trying to be conscientious with your own vulnerabilities, you have to kind of disclose them. Now, you don't have to say exactly where you were vulnerable. I don't (laughs) think you have to go to that degree, but I think you have to say, hey, your encoded passwords were vulnerable to this sort of reading. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's a responsible thing to do to say, hey— Somebody could have seen your stuff. Right. Um, They probably didn't. You should probably change your password anyway just to be safe. Sorry about that. But that's a very different situation than if you actually get hacked and you find out that somebody is holding a bunch of your data hostage or selling (laughs) it to the Russian black market, which is not an uncommon end for a lot of data. Hey, Target. Hey, what up, Target? We're not picking on Target, I promise. It's just... (laughs) Home Depot, whoever. Yeah, it's a, yeah, they're just the highest profile case in the last right. 18 months or whatever it's been now. So that's a really interesting problem is given that there are some people who are trying to deal with vulnerabilities and there are some people who aren't, the people who generally deal with their vulnerabilities well generally don't get large-scale hacks on the level of you know, losing lots of credit cards. However, sometimes they do. But in general, it's people who brush off vulnerabilities and then have to deal with the consequences (laughs) of getting seriously hacked, Uh, whether that's because they don't want to invest in infrastructure or they don't want to move their sort of IT base in a different direction that might cost them money or whatever it is, you got hacked. Yeah. And I think those points you just made are things that companies in the current age have to take into consideration. If you're going to be a digital company, and I think you and I would both agree that most companies 
basically have to be digital companies at this point. Well, most of them are, regardless right. of whether they think of them <laughs> as themselves or not, which right. is the problem. Yeah, that, that's a huge issue too. But then I think there's also a certain extent to which companies think that they can do a minimum and get by, and you can't. With security, you always have to be out in front of it, and you have to be willing to employ people who are really good and yes cost a lot of money mm -hmm. but listen if your target or your home depot or your anybody else again those are just two high profile examples and you're storing customer data especially things like credit card numbers well at that point you're going to lose a lot more money cleaning up your mess if you do get hacked and that data is irretrievably out in the wild yeah then if you just paid the yes expensive but as you find out if you do lose it very very valuable service of someone who actually does understand how to handle data securely and it's hard i mean i've written a couple of pieces of software that deal in secure password storage and whatnot and it's complicated. These are not simple technologies. They are not simple things to understand. It takes time to read through how they work and understand them in principle so that you make sure you understand them right and then to have someone else check them to make sure that you didn't do it wrong because because they are complicated issues, it's easy to do it wrong and it's hard to do it right. And there are a million ways to get it wrong and any of those leaves you open to different kinds of vulnerability. And it's also worth note that there is a distinction between different kinds of vulnerabilities. There is leaving your server open in such a way that somebody can get into it, which is what the Heartbleed vulnerability was, for example. On the other hand, there is storing your passwords as plain text or as unhashed but encrypted or all sorts of variations on these things. And each and every one of those provides a different kind of risk. Maybe you're securing your server well, but somebody on the inside can still access the database, and if the passwords aren't being secured in the right way via what we call a salt and hash process with a good slow encryption algorithm, then, well, somebody on the inside can do what somebody on the inside of Marvel did with a movie trailer and leak them for money or for fun because, you know, people are strange like that. And so there are many, many different kinds of vulnerabilities and points of vulnerability, and you have to be conscientious about securing them all. And it doesn't matter what kind of company you are. You can be a pretty small one-man business selling candy that you make in your backyard. And if you're selling it online, you need to be aware that these kinds of things are an issue and look at the companies that you're paying to handle them you know if you're if you're using stripe or you're using squarespace's market or something like that how are they doing on these things also if you're a candy company listening to winning slowly you should email us you totally should because that would we be would eat your candy <laughs> we, we totally would yep so another thing that's interesting and this goes to a sort of concern that i've had for a while is that there are church directory apps, uh, which are the digital equivalent of a church directory, which is super great, super helpful. But if they don't have good security, that's a lot of information that is out there in the public domain, which some people put their 
addresses and phone numbers out there everywhere. I put my address on every newsletter I send, and I put my phone number on every email I send. I am not particularly concerned about losing that particular information. But there are people who are concerned about obscuring that particular type of information. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's a particularly vulnerable area that I hope no one thinks about and tries to hack um, because I hope and pray that people who are doing these sorts of apps have a lot of security. But as I said at the beginning of the episode, I just expect them to get hacked at some point. Like I just expect it. And And, so, and if I can speak frankly as another user of those kinds of apps, well, let's just say if the quality of the rest of the apps that I've used in some cases is any indication of their security quality, your hopes should not be high. <laughs> hey, let's try to be charitable. <laughs> I, if we I was. can't say anything nice, <laughs> let's not say anything at all. I've used a couple good ones. <laughs> the end. So, next section. I'm going to call this section... So you've been hacked. What are you going to do next? And the answer is not go to Disney World. It, it's true, sadly enough. I imagine all the Slack people would have been way happier if they'd been able to go to Disney World. But instead, <laughs> they got to put out a blog post that said, Oh dear, we don't think anyone's data was compromised in serious ways. And those whose data might have been compromised in not very serious ways, we've already been in touch with by the time you're reading this email. Right. And here are the other big steps we're taking to fix it. Some technical, right. some personal, et cetera. But some logistical, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And and I think as far as it goes, they handled it almost as well as they could. I think the one thing they could have done that would have been a bit better is say how the hacking proceeded, whether it was, as I said earlier, the quote unquote phishing attempt where you get someone to give you their user data or whether there was a real server vulnerability or things like that. I think those things give some confidence to the using public of, we know what the issue was, here's what it is, here's how you avoid it, and here's how we avoid it in the future. But that's about the only critique I would have of their response. I think you put that in a blog post, though. I didn't really want that in the email. I saw the email, and I felt it was a totally acceptable email, and I knew what was going on. Yep. Um, there, I just wanted it to be in the blog post that they linked from the email. Right. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. But, uh, but there are other companies that don't do it as well as Slack. True story. So, And I think this somewhat relates to the amount of data that gets lost in the hack, and therefore the legal and financial liabilities and compensations that come therein. So I don't think that very many people would say that Target handled their hack very well at all, although they did better than some companies in that there are large medical companies that lose data all the time and they don't say anything. So there are gradations to not doing this very well. And just because Target's was public and because Ironically, they have the name Target. Uh, (laughs) They are a public figure. That made it more complicated for them than large hospital management companies or large insurance corollary companies that lose data pretty often, according to the statistics that are out there about it. Data, health data is stolen a lot. And we don't hear about it a lot because A, they're not public in the terms of they're not in the public eye, even though they're often publicly traded companies. And B, it's not a sort of immediately actionable thing. 
there's no you didn't lose your credit card number right. you didn't lose a password um, but that's still really valuable data that people want apparently because it gets hacked and apparently sold all the time that doesn't even make i'm trying to figure out why you would want medical data but it's it's okay that it doesn't make sense to me why people do bad yeah. things <laughs> I'll, I'll link i'll link some stats in the show notes but it's a lot yeah no it's I one believe of the it. most most compromised type of data possibly because it's stored in ginormous databases yeah. which that sort of information database information is a lot easier to steal than on the fly information because we have pretty good well we have pretty good we have incredible all the way down to decent ways to encrypt data that's in transit um i don't particularly worry about data getting stolen in transit anymore but data that just sits there in a database that's where i'm more concerned about hacks happening yeah uh, there's certainly as i alluded to earlier in the, the show there are certainly ways to deal with that data but there are also massive costs involved with any modernization process for medical data because mm -hmm. there is rightly a lot of regulation about that data how that data has to be stored and so if mm -hmm. you want to write a new database for storing that kind of data even for good security reasons you have a lot of hoops to jump through and there's a lot of overhead and again i'm not critiquing that so much as just saying that's a reality that anyone who does it has to deal with and so there's a lot of data sitting out there in very old systems even though mm -hmm. we could in theory do it much better and much more securely now it's just so prohibitively expensive that most hospitals can't afford to do it and that's one of the things that makes this whole issue challenging you end up in places like that where you have the enormous cost of modernizing some very large very complex set of data and especially when it runs into regulation combined with the reality that you need to and how do you hold yeah. those two how, how do you manage that and i think that's just something that as any kind of business or any entity that's dealing with that data you have to and this is hard but you have to take it as a cost of doing business a cost of doing whatever it is you do and factor it into your calculations because yeah otherwise you're doing your customers your users etc a really serious disservice and that's part of what we were saying earlier is that a lot of companies that don't see themselves as digital companies mm -hmm. are really digital companies and they have digital assets and they have digital liabilities. And it's complicated when you say, yeah, we don't really do computers here. We just store stuff on a database <laughs> and we use it in a real world situation. Well, yeah, that's true, man. But that database is effectively your entire business. Yep. Even if you only reference it, even if you don't think about it on a daily basis, that database is your entire business. And if that's compromised, everything you do is at risk, yep. whether that's because people no longer trust you um, or whether that's because you have legal and financial obligations, liabilities because of that, whether that's because you people won't do business with you if they know that your data security is poor there's a lot of problems that come along with being what a company might think as partially digital which really means you're all digital and that's a difficult concept because it doesn't feel like a nursing home should be counted as <laughs> a, a digital, digital business industry. yeah 
but it is like if you're storing all of your information on a computer about people's health, about people's financials, about people's next of kin, about people's genetic particular problems, or there's a whole wealth of problems that can come from losing that data. And, you know, that's not a digital business in most people's minds. Right. And let's be honest, because the world is the way it is, and this is, again, not a criticism of anyone directly, a lot of that data is sitting out there in Excel sheets because there aren't yeah. other particularly well-suited tools for it. If you right. if you just need to keep track of people's health conditions and bills that they've paid for a lot of very small businesses or families or whatnot, I mean, an Excel sheet makes a lot of sense. But all of a sudden, you're a small business whose entire financials reporting is in a an Excel spreadsheet on a computer that's connected to the internet and mm -hmm. whoops, <laughs> if your firewall yeah. is not configured correctly and somebody gets access to your internal business network, right? well, your financials could possibly be all over. Even again, if you're somebody who makes candy in your backyard and we do want some of that candy. Yeah, we do. And so that's really an interesting conundrum. And I think that goes back to the original problem of why we expect people to get hacked Partially because we know, well, most people know that they don't have the technological ability to prevent against a hacking attack individually. That's right. So individually, they have a self-awareness that when people get hacked, it was people smarter or more, at least more technologically savvy than me who did this. And there's nothing I individually could have done to stop it. Mm -hmm. Even if it was me looking at Target and saying... Yeah, I don't even know how they did that. And so how could I possibly <laughs> even stop something that I don't understand at all? Right. Which is, you know, a huge problem when it comes to anything digital in that we have black boxes where people say, just trust us. We know what we're doing. <laughs> you don't actually have to know what's going on. Just hire us. And to some extent, yeah, if you're running Target, if you're running Home Depot, if you're running Walmart, who hasn't been hacked yet that we know of, but man, they should be watching themselves. <laughs> yes. If you're those companies, you need to hire the big guns. But if you're a smaller company, you need to at least know the basics. Read an article, figure out the best practices. That's really the way that you have to do things now. And that's what we yeah. said earlier is that feels like an imposition and it feels like that's not my core business practice. Like it just takes time away from what I actually do. And that's totally true. And it sucks. Yep. But it's a reality. And it's one of the trade-offs we have living in a world where you can sell your candy to a guy in South Africa if you want to. And that's true. Th there are huge upsides to it, but there are huge costs to it as well. Mm -hmm. The other thing everything you just highlighted suggested to me is that there is an opportunity here if we can figure out a way to do this better. And there are very, very smart people working on how to do it better. But as things stand for an individual, most of your best bets for security are using good passwords, maybe with a password manager that generates passwords for you, so you only have to remember the password to the manager, and then using two-step login, sometimes called two-factor authentication, where you have to use a code or things like that. But all of that gets very clunky, and it's difficult to remember, and it's difficult to do well as an individual. And then you extend that yep. to security for applications and everything else. Yep. There is definitely 
a need for people to work really, really hard on making security, good security, easier for the ordinary person to accomplish. I agree. And at an application level and at a day-to-day life level, and there are, you know, in terms of passwords, which is a huge issue for a lot of people, in fact, that is most people's biggest vulnerability is the passwords they use, take the money, it's not a lot, and especially if you're a business owner, but really whoever you are, get a password manager. There are lots of good ones. Some of them are free. I use and love 1Password. I have a lot of friends and acquaintances who use LastPass or KeePassX or any number of these. But it's the kind of thing that is a relatively small step that makes it easier for you in a lot of ways because you no longer have to remember all those passwords and also makes you more secure. And you can be guaranteed that LastPass and 1Password have ridiculous security. As good as you can get. (laughs) Yes, do not worry there. So that's what it's like from an individual standpoint. And from a corporation standpoint, there is an aspect where you just have to resign yourself that no matter how strong your security is, you can't imagine that you are resistant. So you have to have some sort of plan for what you're going to do if you get hacked. Um, I would say when you get hacked, but (laughs) there is a possibility that you would not get hacked. That's an important thing that you have to have. You have to have those conversations with people who don't understand the importance of this issue. Because there's going to be plenty of people in the company who are like, why should we pay money for this? It's money that we earned and we need to pass on to our shareholders or to the staff. Well, those are going to be tough conversations. And you're going to have to have them. And I'm sure if you've had one, you're nodding your head sadly right now (laughs) as you listen to this. But we're here to say we feel you. We're supporting you. Solidarity. Keep fighting that good fight. Indeed. Before you go, we thought we would draw your attention to a study linked from The Verge. We'll include the link both to The Verge article and the original study in the show notes. And it basically highlights why Americans pay pretty high costs for pretty slow internet. And the short answer is what we like to call the digital divide. Namely, if you look at a map and you look at where you can get coverage for more than one, still less, more than two, and goodness gracious, more than three, internet providers, the overlap is tiny. Most places in the country, you have one, maybe two, and if you're extremely lucky, three providers. By contrast, in countries that have much better internet, you either have one provider where the government government and the people have said, let's just finance this because it's important, or you provide open access to the consumers and basically say, yeah, once it's built out, anybody can sell it, kind of the way we've done with some other services, and let there be competition. And real competition makes a real difference, and people get better service and better speed at lower prices. Take a look at this article. Think about it as you evaluate the decisions made, especially here in the U.S. over the election season and as the FCC continues to look at Title II regulations and so on. And if you're in the rest of the world and have better internet than we do, just feel sorry for us. Or download an extra YouTube video just for the fact of it. (laughs) The music at the beginning of the episode was older 
by Brother Moses. Please don't use it without permission. We got permission. And you can check them out at the link in the show notes. Speaking of show notes, you can find those at winningslowly.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at at winningslowly. And you can follow us individually at at Chris Kreicho and at Scaradini, S-C-A-R-R-A-D-I-N-I. And, of course, you can subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next week, gracias por listenando al Nuestras Radio. Yeah, that. (laughs) Seriously, thanks for listening, folks. (laughs) They've got good company, or bad company, depending on how you... Think about that phrase. Bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company is bad. <laughs> that's my new it's my new maxim. Bad company. Bad is company bad. is bad. You and because of the uh, semantic domain covered by the word company, you can use it all sorts of places. You can use it for Amazon too. Bad company bad is company bad. Bad company is bad. <laughs> well that's when you get into like sad panda is sad. <laughs> Bad company is bad. bad. I like it. Glad company is glad. Uh, you're devolving into the poetry too soon. <laughs> I know. I know. Gracias por listenando. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's in Slack. Before you go awesome. the digital divide, you'll say the music, I'll say show notes and follow us. You'll say until next week. Gracias por listenando al nuestros. Gracias por listenando al nuestros radio. I wonder if I wonder what if podcast has a word in Spanish yet, or if it's just podcast. Podcast. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's funny how words get ported to languages. Translate podcast to Spanish. Gracias por listenando al nuestros radio. Radio. Radio, radio. radio? I podcast. Forget. It does appear to be podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> These I words like it. don't mean anything. There, There is one for blog, apparently. Bitácora. Cool. El podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> La palabra podcast no está en el diccionario. <laughs> I listen to a podcast in Spanish and the creators call it a podcast. Es masculino. <laughs> que sepan, no existe equivalente en español. Ni para podcast, ni para podcasting. Podcast. Nah. Here's an example. That's fantastic. Very good. Anywho. Hola. Es una podcast. <laughs> es muy masculino. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> Hello, this is a podcast. <laughs> it's finish. Like Hello, this is a website. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right.